politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and our very survival. Here at CR Podcast, it's a brand new week, October 16th. And we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to fight for. We really are fighting for our survival in the sense that we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We have Western governments that are tyrannical to their own people. And then, yes, as we talked about last week, there are independent external threats to our security, our way of life. There's plenty of evil in this world. So we face threats from that, but ironically, a lot of that also is from our government themselves that have made us extremely vulnerable to all these threats. So we're going to be talking about uh, the border a little bit later from a little different perspective with a special guest coming up uh, reporting from Arizona uh, because that's really the number one action item. We will never, ever get a better opportunity to harness attention on this than now. If you want to know the end result of what losing control of your border looks like, what a government that just is so incompetent and it fails, well, I mean, we saw it last week in Israel, and that is coming here. That is coming here. So I want to kind of do a little bit of a mumbo-jumbo before we have on our guest, because there's a lot going on. And as always, here's the thing. On the one hand, you cannot have a one-dimensional worldview where there's just one thesis. For example, everything's vaccine injury. Pfizer's causing everything, and I'm going to use everything in the world going on. It has to fit that mold. But on the other hand, you don't get distracted either by things going on uh, and then start losing your agenda. What What I always do here, and I think a lot of you appreciate, is we'll cover the news of the day through the prism of our longstanding goals and objectives. And obviously what occurred in Israel is a big freaking deal. It's a big deal on so many levels. It, it is literally, it's still unspeakable to even describe what occurred there. We're still dissecting what occurred there, uh, the enormity of it. And you know this is the type of thing that we have not seen in the modern era. This is like a medieval thing where you would have, every once in a while you'd have a peasant rebellion and they would come out, come into the town's, wipe out uh, the the various uh, ruling class and whatever. And that's why you're hearing this term decolonization. And I warned last week, I said, it's not just that we have a huge threat of Hamas and Hezbollah, the border, the visas. We talked about that a lot. We'll talk about that with Ben uh, Berkman, our, uh, our, our guest coming up. But also... That BLM and Antifa, they view their work as decolonization. I want to play the first minute of this clip. It's it's from a big BLM rapper. It was put out by this account on Twitter, Wokeness, a large account. Libs of TikTok uh, put that out as well. And he literally says exactly what I told you, that the wheels are churning in their brains of what they want to do to us. Take a listen here. Great to see how many black people agree with Palestine. But can we have that same energy here in the Americas for us right now? Can the great minds that we have for black people come together and create an organization that's going to start our revolution? Little Haji, black people can't agree. Shut the f*** 
cop. I believe we have enough black people with a similar mindset for a black revolution. In fact, if you feel like you want a black revolution too, click the link in the bio and join the nation of black liberation. We're just gonna sit here and be like, damn, I support Palestine, or are we gonna do what Palestine do and de-fucking colonized? Peace. If that capitalism birthed racism, then you'll believe that the end of capitalism would end racism. And that's not true, because it does not matter what class you are in, if you are black, you are susceptible to racism. So we can listen to these crackers sit here and tell us how bad capitalism is, they're barely talking to you. Because at the end of the day, ain't no f***ing people's revolution without the black revolution. Peace. We must decolonize. In order to do that, we first have to believe that our identity is more important than the conditions that we live currently. And if we truly believe that, then we must be ready to die on that mother hell. Government system is built off of a system of racism. All right, folks, you heard that. We must decolonize. Notice how he was upset that the left is focused, almost a mirror image of, of people on the right. They're like, wait, don't focus just on the Israelis. Focus on America, that we need to learn the lessons. So same thing there. He's like, don't just focus on, you know, caring about the, the PLO terrorists. Uh, we need to be terrorists too. And it was interesting how he said it's not just about capitalism. We need to basically go into the suburbs and slaughter people. That's what, what he's calling for. And it's, it's a mirror image of what happened in Israel in that it's not about a thing. And here the, the, the sense is, oh, you know, it's about the poverty and capitalism. So you have these white liberals he was referencing, this rapper that is, uh, that, that claim that we need socialism. It's like, no, no. It's, it, whites are a problem. We need to kill them. They are inherently racist and we need to decolonize. And, and that's what Hamas is all about. That's what, frankly, the Palestinian people are all about. It's not a matter of land. They, they, they literally didn't come for land. They came to kill. Uh, we now know a lot more. It turns out that a bunch of civilians, for all the talk about the civilians, actually joined in Then after the initial attack. You even have some elderly so-called Palestinian Arabs uh, coming in after they're opened to do whatever they wanted to do there. Um, the way they plan to burn people out in these safe uh, rooms, burn the bodies beyond recognition. Again, there's a lot more than this is not just about land. Just like here, uh, you know, the BLM, Farrakhan sort of movements are not just about capitalism. You can't negotiate your way out of that. You can't negotiate your way out of that. So we need to be prepared here at home. And at some point, I want to revisit the ideas of that we've talked about for so long with citizens, uh, posses, sheriff's posses. We need to start working in the red counties to understand what if this happened in our communities. Again, Hamas, Hezbollah, the border, the visa system, BLM, Antifa, criminals let out. What if you had multiple attackers like that? And there's a need for a community to get together and have a plan. Because we, we are headed in, the, in that direction. Might not take the exact same flavor as it did in Israel. Might not be the same type of people. But that's what happens when you have the breakdown of a Western government. Which is what happened there. And, and that's what we're facing here.
while the FBI is going after us, they're certainly not worried about threats, and in fact, they make us more vulnerable to them. So I think you know we need to start bringing under the color of law, working with sheriffs to start deputizing people, getting them better weaponry, better training, where we would prepare for a scenario like that. And then obviously, as you well know, the ancillary benefit of that is if you have an organized local patriot group that is well-armed and trained, it's not just a bulwark against the anarchy part of anarcho-tyranny, but the tyranny part as well, if you know what I mean. So this is really, again, another lifelong lesson we need to learn from what went on there as well. Um, Another big action item, obviously, if you notice the big buzzword you're hearing from everyone, again, there's the COVID stuff, there's BLM, you know, George Floyd and January 6th and Ukraine. There were some people on the right that were concerned that, whoa, there's a lot of emoting going on here, like as if nothing horrific happened, like, you know, this is just another day, um, literally the worst slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust, not a big deal, um, certain interesting voices on the so-called right, but they're like, I'm a little concerned, I don't want this to be the next current new current thing, and and I said, that is a valid point, but the the point is, so therefore, what do you do? We secure our border, we don't get embroiled in a thing over there, we stop the visas, and we stop funding and facilitating the policies that undermine Israel, and it doesn't even cost us anything. That's what we put out all week last week. But instead, there is an element on the right that's like, oh, so therefore, I'm going to go and echo the left-wing talking points of pro-Palestinian, the civilians. So you have this all over the left-wing media. So for those of you who are concerned that pro-Israel is the next current thing, I ain't seeing it. The new current thing I'm seeing is the Palestinian civilians or the Gazan civilians. That is the catch word. We're a week out of this slaughter and it's already kind of like not a big deal anymore. That's the big deal. So if you want to know what the current thing is, that it is. That, that's one thing. So obviously the first action item there is we have to make sure that that is not parlayed into us taking refugees, either directly or they wind up somehow landing in the Darien Gap and coming up to our border. Actually, a lot of them are flying directly into Cancun and bypassing Panama altogether, which makes the trip easier, some of the extra continentals, and we'll, we'll talk about that with a little bit with Ben. So we got to make sure, no, 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 no. And, and DeSantis has been very clear about that all week. He's really taken his leadership to the next level. Uh, Trump was asked to comment, we're now on day three. He has refused to affirmatively say we should not take Gaza refugees. Very interesting. Um, America first. Yeah, that that's real America first. Um, now, an- another well, you know what? You know, let's let's do our ad first. There's a lot more here. We're sponsored today by Barrel Buddy. Uh, again, obviously, guns should be on your mind. What is the best for home defense? You're going to need to practice a lot. Well, you practice, you make your gun dirty in order to make sure that that gun is there. I mean, think about that. You have a bunch of hyenas surround your house, surround your neighborhood. You got to make sure that bullet fires. Um, so the best way to ensure that is to keep your gun clean and ready. Uh, I recommend BarrelBuddy.com. Their cartridges have no lint, no fibers, no threads, no drip and splatter. Uh, it perfectly applies an even 360-degree compression into your barrel. I just recommended it for my dad. He never used it before. Um, 
Yeah, uh, look, you know, you don't reuse toilet paper. So you don't, you know, say hey, so you don't reuse these patches and uh, you know, little claws. This is the way to clean a gun. I have not gone back since I started using it. You can get 50 of these cartridges in one pack. Make sure you just get the one for your caliber uh, at barrelbuddy.com today for just about 15 bucks, 50 of them, barrelbuddy.com today. All right. So so folks, there's a lot of ignorance about, you know, people have a certain worldview and they automatically want to put it into a situation without knowing the dynamics. I I was on 50 minutes, um, about 50 minutes worth with Jason Whitlock, fearless with Jason Whitlock. You could go to his YouTube and you'll see what, you know, the top video or one of the top videos is the one with me. Um, There's this ignorance about, about what was going on there with Israel's civil war the protesters were not right-wingers. They were protesting judicial reform, which is something we support, and they support a judicial oligarchy. They were leftists funded by every left-wing NGO in Europe and America and Soros and the Biden administration. So a lot of people, I'm hearing this nonsense that, oh, Bibi tried to sack power, and now this is all part of it. They have their players upside down. It's just weird. Um... And it's just a general, there's this bizarre thing that this notion that Israel's a right-wing militaristic nation that is trying to seize power. In fact, the reason why, you know, because people are befuddled how, how this happened, which is rightfully a question that if I were in Israel, I'd be asking, and they should be, but it's the opposite. They're so left-wing and pacifist that they undermine their own security. Increasingly, it's becoming clear that you know, and some of this was pressure from the Biden admin. The last year or so, Israel let in, again, it all gets back to borders. They let in 18,500 Gazans to, to, to work in Israel. And they, they figured that would be a gesture to them. Uh, increasingly, they are finding um, among the dead terrorists that the IDF killed, that infiltrated, these green passes that they were the very people that were let in. And, and and it really is, it's very tragic if you look. A lot of the Israeli communities around that area happen to be a more left-leaning area. I didn't know this because usually the rural areas are more conservative, but and I think, you know, maybe some were, but a lot of them were real peaceniks. Um, it, I mean, that's the sad irony. So this is not like, oh, Israel brought it upon themselves because they're like mean to the Palestinians. It's actually the exact opposite. Israel is so peacenik. I mean, you know how liberal Jews are. I mean, they're you know they're not violent. Um, literally, this couple that was actually an American Israeli couple from Minnesota, Cindy Flash, sixty seven, and her husband. Uh, they found on her text they're breaking down the safe room door. We need someone to come by our house right now. That was her last message. Her body was found dead. In over a hundred residents were killed in this town, Kafaraza, um, <clears throat> and this woman spent most of her life pushing for so-called Palestinian rights. So uh, again, I don't say that, God forbid, to gloat on someone's death. I'm saying that to illustrate the point that you know they they would hire them, they would work with them. And that's how a lot of them got to know these kind of left-wing kibbutzes. 
uh, that the Hamas people knew the layout, knew exactly how to efficiently come and search and destroy and slaughter people because, you know, partially they had relations with them. And uh, again, that's the lesson there. You let in a snake, it bites you. And, you know, people want to know, how could this happen? I don't know. I think Netanyahu did it on purpose. Again, it's it's the opposite. It's the opposite. They gave in to global pressure for so many years, and they just undermined themselves. And frankly, you're seeing that now. I think by now I thought we'd be talking about a war. There is no war. Here we are. There is no invasion. Israel gave them back their water. They're, it's the same thing. I knew the sympathy would only last for a few days, and then they start pressuring. Now it's all about the civilians. So even though Hamas blocked them and even blew up roads, blocked people from leaving, and that in itself is, you know, Israel gave up the element of surprise, telling them to go. So obviously Hamas is going to hide their leaders and weapons, and they're going to flee as well. You undermine your own mission. It, it disturbs me how many so-called right-leaning voices buy into this crap. And all these people that claim to be vanguards of Western civilization. Look, I don't care if you hate Jews. That's fine. Or if you, you know, but there's nothing pro-American about being into the Palestinian people. There's nothing America first about it. If you're like, Daniel, I don't care. I want to focus on the speakers. Or I want to focus. So, so, so focus on it. But some of these people seem awfully focused on this. It's like America first, but oh, there's Palestinian civilians. So they still haven't done anything. They gave them back their water. It's not their water, by the way. Israel, Israeli taxpayers pay for it. And then now Biden is visiting Israel this week. Now, how does an American president visit a war zone and why? I'll tell you why. Because as long as Biden is there, Israel cannot attack. Okay? He is there to impose a ceasefire. And by the way, it's not even like Israel's having their crack at revenge or something. And, and like this is initially over. They're still trying to infiltrate on the ground. And they're still firing. As we speak, they're firing rockets all over Jerusalem, Tel Aviv. Meanwhile, Biden didn't even evacuate our own people. A state governor had to do that. DeSantis evacuated 300 people more on the way. Talk about leadership. So, you know, people are getting things wrong. The side's wrong. Also, another important point. What is the first thing a country does when it creates a false flag moment to repress its people? You take away their guns. Israel is handing out hundreds of thousands of rifles to their people. So, I mean, if this was a effort to, to seize control, I, that's the opposite way it's ever been done in human history. It, it reeks more of guilt that they, you know, they're criminally, criminally neg negligent and they feel very guilty. Evidently, a lot of these towns, they Israel not only uh, regulates their ability to own guns, but even... Uh, the, the amount of ammo they could they could own it's it's pretty unbelievable uh, what was going on there so they kind of feel guilty about that because that that's a big big deal here now when you have something like that where thousands of these guys come over extremely trained extremely violent willing to die uh, with RPG and mortars and obviously automatic weapons so look I mean there's a limit to what you can do but definitely in, on some of these individual levels you know had they had firearms 
uh, they could have at least uh, you know saved some people. And and in the few places they did, I think there's evidence of that in in uh, you know one or two of these communities where they fended them off and they weren't able to infiltrate because you had armed people. So again, I mean that that is something that that I'm, I'm just going to say again. We we have our patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. We have our class coming up in just about two months. December 18th, I will be at Fredericksburg, Texas Patriot Academy uh, four-day defensive handgun training. It's not just going to the range. It's a matter of getting in that combat readiness, visualizing a situation like this, which again, you listen to these BLM rappers, you better believe we are facing that in some, some sort of sense. When you have a country that has a border like this, it's not just, oh, maybe they'll infiltrate through the border. That is a problem. It's it's reflective of a broader sense that we've lost our sense of morality. Oh, we can't lock up so many black people. Both parties bought into that. Oh, the children at the border. This is this crap. It's And it bothers me that so-called right-wingers buy into this. Again, no one on the right will say, and even most people on the left will, will say, that we made a mistake the way we fought Japan. That was Japan was similar to jihad in that it was taken over by this emperor and that they were just suicidal and maniacal. And there we specifically targeted civilians. Like that was the strategy. We burned down Tokyo before and, and other cities. We bombed the hell out of them even before the two atom bombs. And here Israel is not even, I mean, no one's even suggesting that. It just look. Every 100% of their infrastructure is is hidden in among civilians, and they're blocking them from going. Like, you know, it's not Israel's problem. The diplomat, and, and dude, it turns out there's now 199 confirmed hostages. You look at the entire media. It's never, you must hand back the hostages. The Biden administration, told Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who claims, I didn't even know, he claims to be Jewish himself. What an animal. He was in Doha on Friday and would not look the Qatari kingdom leadership in the eyes and say, you must hand over the Hamas dudes. Again, we don't need to throw money at Israel. We don't need to do anything. Just stop the policies and use the soft power that we have with our relationships. We got 30 Americans killed, likely several dozen of the you know, uh, 200 or so captured were Americans. I'm not saying that's enough to embroil us into a boots-on-the-ground war. It shouldn't, because obviously, you know, it's a big country. We have expatriates everywhere. But to at least demand that they hand it, hand it over? So this notion that somehow there's this, like, Israel is not Ukraine. I am not seeing that sympathy. There are some media sources on the ground that have been with the people that, I mean, there's a, some human reaction but it's gradually turning. It's gradually turning. The main focus, you know, it's mainly kind of religious Christians and Jews on the right, online, that are, you know, focusing on Israel. Everyone else is kind of the Palestinian civilians. If anything, the PLO in Gaza is the new Ukraine. You know, let me illustrate this point. My wife is a graphic designer, you know, technical illustrator, so she started after our, our youngest is now going to a playgroup. So she's starting to, to, to do more work. And, 
once in a while she'll look on Upwork where you could you have contract out work. You find people looking for work and uh, different specifications for for drawings and things like that. And she sometimes gets some jobs that way. And she found a guy on Upwork that was looking to do kind of coloring books for Israelis. And the guy said he had to write I-S-S- You know the way we would have to spell out ivermectin? The I word because you couldn't write it on social media? On Upwork, he couldn't spell out Israel. It's banned. So again... The notion that somehow the suspicion of some on the right, that that's the new thing. No, it's a real thing. They were freaking slaughtered. There's a real human reaction. But increasingly, the media government complexes are going to be on the other side. So my point is there's too much focus on what we should funding Israel. I would rather get our assets out of there. I'm telling you. Our assets are going to be there to impose a ceasefire. They've already forgotten about it. The entire thing now is the civilians. That sense of morality is pathetic. We always say, all these guys, you know, and, and you know who, who some of these are. Like Some of these guys that are kind of overtly white nationalists are like, we need to defend Western civilization, Charlemagne, baby. And then when it comes to Israel, it's like, and the Palestinians, civilians. Dude, if you hate Jews, that's fine. Just say it. That's fine. I don't care. I have a thick skin. I don't give a darn. But dude, that ain't America first. And you sound like a faggot. Like that that's not that's not being strong standing up for Western civilization. That's pathetic. It's funny to watch some of these guys. It's like, who do they hate more? Non-white people or Jews. So I guess in this case, they're willing to side with the with the Arabs. It's just funny. It's pathetic. Um, but again, like, you know, we obviously could parlay this into whatever we want to. And it needs to be parlayed into our border security, shutting off the visas, self-defense, and just stop siding with terrorists. Okay. Stop coddling Qatar and Iran and funding Hamas and funding the PLO. And a fraction of the cost of our diplomatic geopolitical resources that we've deployed for decades promoting a PLO terror state just freaking sit and use that to get them into other Arab countries. Ultimately, Israel is going to have to take control of it permanently. Because the dirty little secret is you could kill every top Hamas and mid-level commander and kill, I don't know how many tens of thousands of fighters they have, but let's say kill every last human being. Now, that might degrade them for a little while, but if you don't control it and police it and so-called occupy it, it's a reflection of the people. It's going to continue happening. Sorry, that's, that, that, that's a reality. So um, just wanted to note, one thing that is very scary, CNN has, has a pullout. And to me, this refl- it reflects so many issues by age stratification. It shows you the decline of morality in this country. So 
the statement is Israel's military response to Hamas attacks is fully justified. But is fully justified. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Now, so far, they've done barely anything. As, as proof by the fact that Hamas is still on the offense, still doing their stuff, still with the rockets every second. Their entire country is rocketed. Imagine having, you can't live that way. You can't have an economy that way. Israel's response sucks. It's pathetic. I mean, this is what scares me as an American. If this happened, I, I want you to understand, let's say let's say they came over to Texas and Arizona. Let's say the cartels, just give one example, did that one day. I want you to understand the breadth of that. It's the point where there's basically nobody in Israel that is not affected by it, that doesn't have a friend or a loved one who is killed per scale of their population. That's basically what it is. And the way they were killed. And then you have 200 hostages, mainly women and girls. Imagine you had that here. What scares me is this is not just an Israel thing. We have a population that would think this is too... So anyway, let me get back to the poll. Do you agree that Israel's military response to Hamas attacks is fully justified? Among those 65 and older, 81%. Among those 50 to 64, 56%. Look at that drop-off. 35 to 49, 44%. A minority, and 18 to 34, just 27%. So, I mean, they just came over, did like, I mean, again, we have not fully grasped what they, what they did. And Israel stopped supplying them for a few days of, of power and water. And they've had very targeted strikes. Obviously, so-called civilians get killed. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of their hospitals. Their headquarters are set up at the hospitals. And just 27% think it's appropriate. They barely even did anything yet. So the notion that Israel's the new Ukraine and the new big thing and Israel's being used to you know, ruin America. I mean, some on the right are siding with the far left. They're right about the new current thing and about different lessons, but they have their players flipped upside down. It's just ignorance. Bizarre, stupid. But anyway, I don't care what you think about Israel, the government, what they did, didn't do. What I do know is what we should and should not be doing as a result of this. And that gets to the border and our next guest. So folks... You know, I said from day one after this, you know, massacre occurred in Israel, their border is 32 miles with Gaza. We have a 2,000 mile border. Every day you see these belligerent looking young military age males from, I mean, it used to be a few countries and now it's everywhere along the world, uh, particularly even Middle Eastern countries. They just caught four or five Iranians uh, recently, and it, that means that there's a lot more going over because they pay, pay the cartels an extra sum to be crossed over surreptitiously. Uh, this is a big problem. And, and if this news cycle cannot get the border issue finally brought to a cathartic moment, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. Um, but there is a lot going on there. I just saw over the weekend, Fox was reporting uh, a Texas National Guardsman in El Paso was injured when he was attacked by two Venezuelans. And like I said on Friday, Venezuela is the largest sending country now, uh, but also they have huge cross-cultural, political, governmental ties. 
with Syrian Lebanon. Obviously, it's Hezbollah's headquarters in the Western Hemisphere. What in the world have we not learned our lesson? So with us today, you know, we've had Todd Benzman on a lot to talk about his briefing. Uh, he's a, he's Texas-centric. We're going to get a little bit of a view from Arizona with Ben Berkman. Ben Berkman uh, is host of Law and Border, Law and Border on Real America's Voice News. So you go to americasvoice.com. You click on the Law and Border show. It's a must, must watch. Um, and he's uh, Ben Berkman on, on uh, Twitter. It's Ben, B-E-R, G-Q-U-A-M, must follow, and he is with us here in the flesh at Blaze Media today. Hey, Ben, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Daniel, uh, great to be with you. One clarification, it's americasvoice.news. Uh, I don't know where .com will take you. It might take you there, too, but .news is the <laughs> Oh, no, uh, americasvoice.news. <laughs> it's like I, I thought we got rid of all those funny URLs these days, but every I once know, in a while. I know, no, I think, I think they're coming back. They're making a, they're making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Just like jihad in the Western Hemisphere. Just like jihad in the Western Hemisphere, exactly. So so give people a sense. There's, there's been a lot of focus mainly the last two years on Texas, uh, uh, Del Rio, RGV. You've been covering this place, Lukeville, Arizona. I've never been there. It's smacking, what is that, the Yuma sector? Um, what's going on there? Yeah, it's actually uh, in. It's just uh, east of the Yuma sector. It's uh, kind of out in this no man's land, uh, out uh, south of Tucson. So it's actually in the Tucson sector. But the, it and I cover the entire border. So I go east to west, everywhere in between. I go to Central America. I just came back up from Panama. Um, we were in Europe uh, a couple months ago. So basically covering immigration, illegal immigration, the destruction of the West uh, from as many fronts as we can. And but I just came back. And what's what's shocking about Lukeville, as you said, you've never been there. And there's a reason you've never been there, because nobody really goes there unless you're going there. You know, it's, it's one way that you can get to the Sea of Cortez in Mexico off Baja, California. Um, but other than that, it is it's no man's land. There's a little tiny town called Sonoita on the Mexico side. It's actually larger. Lukeville really isn't a town. It's a few houses mm. uh, next to a port of entry. But um, Sonoita is interesting because it's one of the, the hubs for uh, human trafficking and drug trafficking across the, into, into America. And it's one of the places, it's actually, I was doing, the only reason I found this location, we broke the story a couple months ago about Lukeville becoming the new hotspot. Uh, I was down there actually on the Mexico side doing a story about uh, the entire town basically catering to runners that don't want to get caught. They have all these little stands set up. On the Mexico side, you can buy your, your camouflage outfits, you can buy your backpacks, you can buy your carpet shoes that go over your shoes to hide your footprints when you're running out in the desert. And I had actually gone back there to purchase some of that to do a video on it. And as I was driving on Highway 2 on the Mexico side, I looked over the wall and I started seeing these blue flags and noticed that there were water tanks by them on the U.S. side. And I thought that was odd because uh, that area... It's it's actually a national monument. It's a cactus uh, yep. to, to uh, support the cactuses down there. But for mo- for the most part, nobody really goes there. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing huge numbers of people walking along the wall on the U.S. side. So I, I, I bought the carpet shoes. I went there to buy. I went across and then started seeing thousands. Uh, that first day, I think we saw um, around a thousand. And then we came back the next day and then the next day and the next day. And on, on any given day, you'll see anywhere between 500 and 1,000 people, mostly from Western Africa, 
Uh, we've got uh, a huge numbers coming in from sub-Saharan uh, Africa, but you also have uh, uh, people coming from the same countries, as you mentioned, Venezuela. You still have Ecuador, large numbers coming from Ecuador. Um, but just last, I was down there just last week, and Border Patrol came up to me. They said, I can't go on camera, but you need to know this. Uh, now we have Syrians coming through here. We've had Pakistanis, a lot of a large numbers coming from India, but a large number of those are actually of Pakistani descent coming from northern India yes. that have been coming through. Yeah, a lot of and people forget 15% of India is Muslim, but it's very con- concentrated in certain areas. Right. And so we have so we have that. We have the Pakistanis coming through, but now we have the Syrians coming through as well. So it is um, and, and the only thing I can tell, I can't tell you why they're coming there uh, other than it's a hot spot. It's cartel controlled. Um, the Sinaloa cartel has owned that area for years. Uh, there's been some warring going on after El Chapo left between the sons and the uncle. But uh, it for, but it's still it's it's a, a known place for runners. Now, it was a, traditionally an area where you didn't have the give ups, you know, like, that we're used to seeing in Yuma and Eagle yep. Pass now and um, and McAllen and Brownsville and all that. It was all runners. Now you've got thousands of people coming across there, turning themselves in. But you still have the runners. So basically, my my. Uh, assumption uh, based on analysis would be that the cartel has, is basically saying, well, we can use these guys, we can use these fake asylum seekers, we can pump them through, we can make money on every single one of them, and that gives us a, a more distraction so we can push the really bad guys out into the desert. And, and one of the, the shocking things I found on this last trip, I was told by Border Patrol that this, this land in between the Tucson sector and Yuma sector, there's... Uh, about a hundred miles of border there that used to be manned. They actually have a large uh, military style installation, border patrol installation out there just South of Ajo, Arizona. And that entire stretch now is unmanned. And so I drove that. It took, wow. it took about four hours driving down dirt road. And that entire stretch is unmanned until you get just outside of Yuma and to the, uh, the military range, the bomb range out there. There is not a single border patrol, but there are tons of illegals coming through there. We saw, uh, we saw brand new water bottles, brand new carpet shoes, brand new uh, uh, camouflage outfits that they had dumped and uh, when they were picked up. So that's what's happening. So you have all of these areas, and, and that's basically the game that's being played right now. You have fake asylum seekers being invited by the NGOs in America, being pushed from the outside by the United Nations, they're really the tip of the spear when it comes to global, uh, the, the, the yeah. transfer of, of people, of illegals around the world, not just to the United States, but also to Europe. So you've got United Nations outside pushing. You've got communist countries pushing their own people out of their countries. And, and then you have the pull of the NGOs in America teaching these people how to game our system, getting paid for every single person that comes across organizations like Catholic Charities, Lutheran Social Services, Jewish Family Services, and six others, they're, they're making money on every single one of these people. So they, they're pulling all these fake asylum seekers. The cartel sees that. They're making money on every single one of them. But then they're also, they use those guys as a distraction to push their drugs and the people that really don't want to get caught through the other sectors. Because that's so that, what scares it, me, it, what you just said, the people that don't want to get caught because – the RGV is the closest straight shot up Mexico, and that, and that's why forever it's right. been the hottest sector. 
and and for a while it was really I, you know what I mean like the I want to say 2021 the beginning of the Biden admin seemed to be very Texas centric but now Arizona really seems to have heated up so is are you saying is that because the cartels want to strategically route them a little bit more westward because they have more illicit activity they want to they want to get in um and they need some of the kind of suicide loads whatever you call them the fake asylees to to cover their activities there like they did in Texas? Well, it's a couple things. One is Tucson sector has been the number one location in America for gotaways for years now. That, mm. that it's, it's just been unreported. So this is an area of, of very uh, inhospitable desert terrain that you have very few border patrol resources. And even in the resources you have down there, if you catch a load of people or drugs or whatever, it sometimes will take you two hours to get response from a transport vehicle. So it's, it's a very rough, tough, uh, hard area to patrol in the first place. Uh, so the, the cartels have been using this area for years. In fact, the cartels basically own the ground, even on the U S side, we were down, we reported, I actually had one of my drones shot out of the air on right on the border, just South of Aravaca, Arizona, uh, a few months ago. When I was filming the cartel bunkers, they actually have them on right on the U.S.-Mexico border. They're on the, they were on the Mexico side, and, but they're, they're heavily armed uh, guys, uh, cartel members with AK-47s that permanently occupy this ground. And, and that's because it's, it's so lucrative for them. They've been using it for years. They run dope loads. They run people. Um, but they also control the ground on the U.S. side. They, they control many of the high points. They have their lookouts, their cartel lookouts. And they're aided and abetted directly by organizations out of Tucson who go down and supply them food and water and hygiene. They put these, they call them water drops, but they're, they're basically just uh, uh, resupply locations for the cartel. Yeah. I mean, it's it's totally insane. You talk about, you talk about national suicide, both sides of the border. And that's important because that that's an insurgency. And, and we've talked a lot over the years on the Texas side, but it's true. there. this cross-cultural insurgency how they, I mean, there's been so much local corruption in a lot of these border towns in America, and they control it. And again, this is an analogy. Before I brought you on, I talked about in in, uh, in Israel how they let in, uh, as a gesture, the last year, year and a half, 18 and a half thousand Gazans to work. And it seems like a lot of the dead Hamas guys that they found, they had these green passes, that they were among those people that scouted out for them. And they were able to control both sides. You know, you talk about bunkers right on the border, AK-47s. I mean, it really, I mean, the scary images really should should jolt people. And again, you know, where else do we see cutting up bodies, mutilating, burning people? Well, the cartels do that. So I want to I wanna deal with 800-pound gorilla in the room here. For years, the dogma from the U.S. government was that, okay, yeah, we're going to have a bunch of hyenas on our border as you said, controlling really both sides of it. Um, they're as vicious as anything in, in all of humanity and what they do. But look, they're into the drug trade. The last thing they want to do is kill Americans and draw attention, raise the ire of the U.S. government. So let them control our border. They're just trying to do the drugs, you know, putting aside the you know 100,000 people killed by the drugs, but putting that aside for a minute. They're not strategically going to be a threat to us. What do you say to that? Yeah, that has to be the dumbest mindset. Uh, anyone who tells you that is either incredibly ignorant or evil because they, they know better. Uh, so a couple things. 
my the the biggest concern I think I've seen over the last two weeks since the attack in Israel it, are the number of people who are who are openly going out and chanting in support of Hezbollah, of Hamas, of Palestine. It, that should scare every single American. Every major metropolitan city in America has people out chanting for Palestine right now and chanting for Gaza and chanting for Hamas. That should scare every American. But that's been growing for years. As far as the cartel goes, these guys, all you have to do is look at Mexico as the model or look at any Central American or South American country. Uh, and the same goes for Islamic jihadism, Islamic, uh, well, Islam in general. You know, I, I, I hate the, the, this whole, like, Islam is a religion of peace. <laughs> yeah, it sure is, as long as you agree with it and you do everything they say. Or, or and, a religion of P-I-E-C-E-S. Pieces, pieces, yeah, pieces, yeah. Yeah, they forgot a few letters. Um, this is so what you have is is strategic movements by organizations that don't care about you, don't care about your family, don't care about our Constitution, some of it purely for profit. So you have the cartels that are out there purely for profit. But they will, as soon as they have the leverage, as soon as they have critical mass, as soon as they have enough politicians mm. and law enforcement on their side, they will take over and they will cut you to pieces. They will dismember your body. They will hang you from bridges. The only reason that's not happening in the United States yet is because they don't have critical mass yet. Once they do, wow. the exact same thing that you see happening in Mexico will happen in America. And they are very close to having that. You go to places like Tucson, you go to places like Phoenix, uh, all along our southern border. Houston is basically a cartel city now uh, and, and all of the outs, you know, surrounding areas outside of that. The only thing that's stopping them is heavy law enforcement that's fighting them, sheriffs, patriotic sheriffs across America. And sadly, we're losing some of them, too. You look at uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona, you've got uh, empathetic sheriffs to the cartels. Yes. But, uh, and, and, and it's people with guns. It's people with the sovereignty to be able to defend themselves. So as you mentioned, for the most part, the cartel isn't going to do that until it's advantageous for them. And the same thing goes for Islamic jihadism. They, they look for their opportunities. They're trying to get in. And, and, and there's two parts to it. You're going to have the guys, we're going to have attacks in America. In fact, I just heard a report that in California, uh, a woman pushing a stroller was driven, run over and killed by a, a, a potential terrorist yesterday. And I, I need to do some more investigation into that. Yeah, and you know, by the way, vehicular, vehicular jihad is another thing. Everything yeah. started in Israel. First, the suicide bombers. Everything that ever happened there was exported to the West. So this sort of kind of coming over a border, burning, slashing, you know, I love it's how all, you It's all here. Yeah, it's all here. And I love and, how you talk about the critical mass because— a lot of people, the same way with the cartels, eh, they're not really whatever, you know, It's they're not worried about us. Also with Islam, so people always viewed it, that's more of a Europe problem. But again, that was a numbers issue. They reached critical mass quicker than we did, yep. about a generation yep. ahead. We're, what you're talking about is, it's not just the visas anymore. We're getting actually land migration the same way you see, you know, the boats to Italy from North Africa and yep. Europe. That's what you're seeing, right? All, yes, and they're all coming through this pipeline. It's, a, it, it's an entire new industry of illegal immigration being profited by these NGOs in America, being sponsored by the United Nations, and, and, and being driven by cartels around the world that see this as a huge money-making opportunity, the very low risk, uh, very low cost of entry. They, they don't have a, you know, if your product gets taken, your people get taken, you're, you know, you're not losing money. You're still getting paid for every single one of those. In fact, you can get paid again because sometimes they'll get sent back to you and you, gotta you can charge them again. So there's, there's a whole new industry. But last, I, I just want to make one more point on the 
Islam in America. So there's two facets of that. There are the sleeper cells that are going to continue to commit terrorist acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I'm shocked that they, we haven't seen a major terrorist act in, in you know, the last few months. I'm expecting that, sadly, sooner than later. But there's the other side of that. You look at places like Michigan, you look at uh, Minnesota, you look at Wisconsin. Some of these communities are being taken over via, via the electorate. You have entire city councils and boards of supervisors that are Sharia-supporting Muslims in America now. So there is, there is kind of the long game and the short game, and it's all going on at the same time, and it's all being driven, invited, and paid for by American Jeez. taxpayers. But as you, as you mentioned, that this, the, and, and as that's all happening, as we have resettlement going on through the Office of Refugee Resettlement, which has been going on for years, now there's this entirely new wave that we have millions of people coming through. They're flying into Ecuador. They're flying into Brazil. They're flying directly into Venezuela. They're coming up, they're flying into Nicaragua, some of them bypassing the Darien Gap. Some of them come through the Darien Gap in Panama. And they're all, le- all roads, all rivers, all tributaries lead to our southern border. And once they get to Mexico, they're, they're distributed. They're, they're, they're shifted to, from one port to another. Some of that is, uh, is naturally driven by people who have family members who've gone through one port or another who have seen it on social media. And they say, I want to go to Lukeville because I see that's the place to go now. Some of that is cartel driven. So, you know, the Gulf cartel operates all the way from Colombia all the way up to uh, the Gulf of Mexico in the United States, Brownsville and and McAllen. So some of that is is controlled there. But there's there's, uh, you know, all of this is happening because of the policies coming out of Washington, D.C. And it's all at the to the detriment of our country. But it's the same thing, as you mentioned, it's the same thing that's been going on for years in Europe. Now you have critical mass of Islam in Europe where you basically can't even stop it. Uh, and we're heading very soon to that point in America as well. It's, it is a death sentence for this country if we don't stop a it. Death very sentence soon. for this country. I mean, that that's the thing. You know, I got some people on the right that are like, oh, you know, it's a distraction. What's going on there? And I'm like, well, it all it's all a matter of what you want to do with it. It actually could be parlayed to a very important agenda. You're right. It's re- it's the border. It's internal. Um, and and you see it breaking out in France and Germany now. Where I'm actually shocked at the reaction of France and Germany. Um, because they've typically been very, very anti-Israel for many, many years, um, and they've allowed Islam to just do its thing. But now they're actually repressing them for real. And I, I almost wonder if they woke up and saw what happened. But it's kind of the synergy of the horrific nature of what was done there, and then the immediate spontaneous. And this was before Israel even announced their intention to do anything. This was on. This was Saturday. They were out in all the streets, like celebrating and and thousands thousands i think they had a holy crap moment um now i don't support obviously violating the you know first amendment here because we know that's used against us but i think they're almost faced with a choice of annihilation and they're it 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 almost seems like even the left-wing governments there maybe woke up a little bit i don't know what do you think about that I, yeah, I was there. Like I said, I was there over the summer. I, I started in Sweden and went down into France, was in Paris, and, and then ended up actually going to Ukraine for a week and seeing what's happening there. And, and it, is, it is terrifying. When you go to Sweden, which was for historically one of the safest countries in Europe, um, one of the most homogenous countries, and, and you know, you've had very little crime, uh, almost nothing to report, now it's one of the most dangerous. It's one of the rape capitals of Europe because directly as a result of their immigration policies to Muslim countries, they have allowed this. It is the largest 
Trojan horse in human history that we've allowed, not just there, but in the United States as well. This has been going on for years. And I was, you know, I was talking to people on the ground. I'm like, guys, don't you see this? Your entire towns have been taken over. You've got, you know, rapes every single day. You've got murders every single day. And you're not allowed to talk about it. You're told to get a whistle and not even fight back. Like, and, and the people on the, on the streets there that I talked to said, yeah, but you know, if we, if we talk about it, we'll get in trouble. You know, we can't say anything about them and the media won't even report on it. So you've got this where the people know they understand what's happening, but they've been so intimidated by the left, by this globalist cabal, this, you know, this uh, anti, you can't say anything, defamation league, all this garbage that they've been neutered into silence. But uh, you're right. I think they're all sitting there saying, okay, when is, when is that, that point, uh, that critical point going to be where we say enough's enough. And at some point you have to say, you know, it's, it's either us or them. It's the destruction of our country or the destruction of this evil ideology. And so I think you're going to start to see that. The question is, is it too little, too late? And is how it, far will, are late? they willing? Because even a few yeah. months ago, every few months you have these rounds of, uh, you know, burning cars we saw throughout Paris earlier this year, and the police were getting beaten up. I mean, it was pathetic. But now it's weird. You watch it, and they're banning any Hamas paraphernalia any stuff they're 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 coming out in riot gear it's the opposite and i wonder in and this is purely speculation but the the problem is in the west there was this overton window and it's like all right i guess we have some suicide bombing here and there we have some stabbings here i think when they saw that the wheels churned in their brains if you're uh you know a french leftist kind of upper middle class living in the suburbs of marseille they got to take a look at that and think, what would happen if in those no-go zones, they just get together one day and come out to those areas? I mean, what is there yeah. to stop Oh, them? yeah. Yeah, nothing. I was there. I, in fact, you mentioned that, the no-go zone. I was in Paris, outside of Paris, and in one of these areas, 100,000 Muslim refugees had taken over as one of the areas during the riot that they had burned cars and police would not go into and I was there and I, you know, it's scary. I did a report, live report from there. And I was at one point surrounded. I had people riding by their motorbikes that were, you know, yelling out and, and you're sitting there like, man, I could die at any second in this place. <laughs> and this is in Europe. You, this is in Europe. You know I mean? It's like, this is not the middle East, uh, but that, that is, you're right. I mean, that's, that's where we are at now at, at any point, and And the same thing could happen in America. You flip that switch and, and that's not even getting into the CCP, the, you know, all of these networks that, that we're inviting in. Oh, yeah. other countries and other regions of the world that hate us. That is exactly what's happening. And again, it all comes back to critical yep. mass. Yep. When do they believe that they have the strength in order to carry out the attack and not be held responsible? And you mentioned, you mentioned that they were protesting in Europe that same day. Well, look at America. I mean, immediately BLM Chicago comes out yep. in support of Hamas. I mean, these are, we have terrorists within our own country that, you know, whether it's BLM, whether it's Antifa, any of these communist leftist organizations that are siding with people that hate our country. We, we have hope this is homegrown, but I would say one thing and one thing that Europe could do. And one thing that America could do today, and that's expel anyone in these countries that have visas that have associations or favorability towards Hamas or any of these terrorist organizations. We could do that today. We should have done that 10 years ago. Europe could do the same thing. 
Uh, but it's really, do we have Although the will? Europe, and I mean, uh, m- most of them already are are citizens. I mean, that's, yeah, they've that's, already, they've already be- become citizens. Exactly. Yeah. It's a I mean, he, here also, there's plenty of them. But your point is that basically, you you, you have a right to. You could say. I want to kill the Jews, gas the Jews, death to America, whatever. You could you could say that. I mean, in certain circumstances, does it's not protected. But generally, and you know, you could say that, and we we believe we need to keep that. Otherwise, we know what censorship does. But you don't have an affirmative right as a foreign national to remain here. And That's if right. you are not That's here right. in good standing, we have the right to make a condition and say, look, if you're yelling around saying gas the Jews. Um, you know, we're not going to throw you in jail that we can't do, but we'll just say goodbye. Go, go back to where you, you feel you could, uh, enjoy doing that and, and whatever. Uh, to me, you know, a, a lot of my friends on the right are like, Daniel, I'm getting these post nine 11 PTSD vibes. We're going to go to war. I'm, I'm like, look, you got to guard for that. But to me, I do think the Israel situation is important in the sense that it's an opportunity for us to redo 9-11, that what we should have done is it should have been an internal, the subversion of the Muslim Brotherhood, the foreign influence, the immigration, the border, the visas. Instead, we doubled our Muslim immigration, tripled it since then. I actually have an article coming out for you guys that will be on the blaze on um, foreign students. We we let in about 100,000 for my count uh, from Muslim countries per year, and then obviously about three hundred fifty thousand from China. That's a whole another another story that needs to be shut down. Um, so instead, we focused on invade the world, invite the world. We need to flip that script. And I think, you know, I just want to take this back to the border, Ben. We got a lot to talk about um, in in Lukeville. Isn't a lot of this federally owned property, and the cartels are operating on federal property? No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and you'll see that all across the border. In fact, it's, it's ironic. Uh, most of these are environmentally protected areas where you have signs that say uh, unauthorized personnel, you know, uh, not allowed to, to, to come on this spot. It's protected. You know, you've got the pictures of the birds and the, and the trees and, and all of that. And, and right there you have masses, tons of garbage. Not, not, I'm not exaggerating. We're, we're talking tons of garbage. So this is all federally protected. Most of it environmentally federally protected. And it's controlled by the cartels in, in most of these areas. And, and one other point we didn't really get to, uh, you're, you're reporting on Venezuela. It's not when you have people coming from Venezuela, they're oftentimes the, the biggest problem is I have, I have bags of IDs that I've gotten from the border. People dump their IDs as they're coming across. Mm. We've interviewed them and said, why are you doing that? And it's a, co- it's a combination of reasons. Some of the IDs are IDs from Mexico that show that they've already been granted asylum, which would... Uh, would make them un, uh, you know, unauthorized for asylum in America. But some of them tell us that we're told that, they, that they're told that they have an easier time getting in if, they don't, if we don't know where they're coming from. So you could say you're coming from Venezuela, but you could be actually an I- Iranian national who's lived there. You could be Hamas or Hezbollah who's lived in, in Venezuela for years. We have no clue. We don't share information with Venezuela. We don't share information with any of these countries. You can make up, unless you, you can make up any story you want, unless you show up on Interpol or one of our terrorist watch lists, we have no way of vetting you. And so right now, that's what we're seeing at our southern border. You have millions of people coming through, and we have no clue if they are who they say they are. And we have no way of, of, of comparing that and finding that out until something happens. Yep. And that's what's happening in America today. And, and the thing is, when Biden announces that Venezuelans are kind of the new, the new chosen, 472,000 given parole through TPS— well, yeah, I mean, that's going to incentivize a lot of people to launder their status through Venezuela. 
and they might not, not even be Venezuelan. Um, man, there's so much more to get to. We're out of time here. One more question here. I Throughout the years of watching the border, I, I've seen generally, generally, the ones you see openly, they don't look like they want to rip your heart out. They're you know often very impoverished. It's just not in our interest to bring them in, obviously. But what I'm watching now from Venezuela the tattooed up man. I mean, these guys look really belligerent. Can, can you just describe the human element that you're seeing coming across? Yeah, you have both. You have, I mean, I, I would just, if anyone has an opportunity to go to Panama and go into the Darien Gap, uh, it's a hard place to get to, but you talk about hell on earth. When you see children being brought through there and women, pregnant women trying to go through there, it is a terrible, terrible place. It's a terrible journey for most people that are coming. So you have some of that. You have the children being dragged. You have children being bought and sold in these markets, uh, men buying children, pretending that they're their own and, and just simply using them to get across the border, doing whatever they want to them. But you also have the other side of that where we have people coming in uh, from Venezuela. You have Tren de Agua, the, car, the uh, gang that, that operates down there. You have guys from that gang coming in. You have people from all over the world who have no respect for our government, for no respect for our country. I, you know, I'm flipped off when I'm down there on a regular basis. And it's just this mindset that you're, we have a right to come and you don't have a right to stop us. That is the mindset of most of the people now that are coming in. You don't have, you know, it's, whether that's humanitarian, well, I'm just a humanitarian. Uh, you know, I, I deserve humanitarian uh, uh, treatment and you can't stop me. Or I know what your government is. And I, you know, screw you guys. I'm coming in anyways. It's, it's a combination of that. that. That is the sense that when you're down there, you absolutely get the sense that every single person coming through thinks that they have a right to come and you don't have a right to stop them. Yeah, not exactly your, uh, you know, old uh, Catholic Italian coming around the turn of the century or your Jewish Eastern yeah. European coming down and kissing the soil of, of Ellis Island. No. You know, it, it, and that, no, that's no, what's it's, scary. No, it's the opposite. It's. Yeah, it's, it's this the, decolonization. It's the, You've seen that term. Yeah, exactly. BLM uses it. Um, they use it in relation to Hamas, that they believe their problems are all due to those wealthy Western white people, and they have the right to decolonize. And I think we now have a very tragic and vivid description of what the end goal of that looks like. And uh, boy, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have very limited time um, Republicans need to just get it together, get a speaker, and and have this budget fight, a knockdown, dragout fight on the on the on the border once and for all. I wish we could do so much more. I want to have you back soon. Where could people find your work? As you mentioned, uh, social media is at Ben Burkwam, B E R G Q U A M. Uh, my website. I, I run an organization called Frontline America, and it's FrontlineAmerica.com for our recent articles. And then, as you mentioned, the show, Law and Border, we just had a re our newest episode air on Saturday. You can go to americasvoice.news. You can watch all 16 episodes. If you want to get a up-to-date, you know, what's going on at the border, just binge-watch all 16 episodes, and you'll have a pretty good idea. You will definitely binge-watch it. You can get off this. Ben Burkwam, thanks so much for joining us. We'll have you back very soon. Thank you, sir. It's great to be with you. So, folks, new guest there. Glad we had him on. Riveting work. There's so much more. I mean, I could talk about the border forever. Um, so much more in my notes here I didn't get to, uh, but let me know if you have any more questions for him. We'll certainly have him back again, Ben Burkwam, on Twitter. And and that's it. I mean, the, the, the amount of threats we have to us are endless. And it's not, it's, they're not made up. It's not a conspiracy. 
But actually, it does come back to corrupt Western governments. They, there's the anarcho tyranny. Never forget, that's what we face. It's all part and parcel of it. They directly impose tyranny on us. But then there are other threats that we are made vulnerable to because of the, our governments. And once you understand that mindset, you can understand what happened in Israel with a modicum of information about their system there and what, what went on there. It's not hard to imagine. It wasn't, you know, at Netanyahu planned in the, in, the, in the back room one day, ha, 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 we'll allow our citizens to get slaughtered. Um, I, I, again, I don't know why. You say to control them, they're giving them guns. Well, no, because they want to wipe out Gaza. Well, it doesn't even look like they're doing that. So for what? It's it's more the same weakness we're starting to see even with their attack, even after this happened, is really what led up to this. And that is Israel is the canary in the coal mine, um, vehicular jihad, suicide bombing, and now this kind of mass hyena let loose infiltrations. Um, you know, it's just, it's just scary because you watch some of the school shootings and it becomes a feedback loop where – all the deranged people are inspired by it, and you have the copycat mentality, and and that's what should scare everyone in the West. That all the bad actors we have, um, certainly a lot of Islam, but but other things as well that might want to replicate that. Again, be armed, be ready, be prepared, and we'll talk a little bit about that and more. Uh, we'll focus on the speaker's race again. I mean, Jim Jordan's the only option at this point, so let's just hope he's able to round up the votes and win. Um, you know, I had some misgivings in the past, but it is what it is. At this point, you just need to unite, you know, make sure he, uh, you know, he's, he's good. He's good on his feet. You just have to make sure operationally, um, he's not too controlled by Trump's ego, more the Trump, alleged Trump perceived America first agenda. That is what we need him to focus on. Uh, it's all a matter of if the rhinos will mount a counterattack. They're claiming they will. Will they have the guts? In other words, do rhinos actually have the guts to fight on anything, including against us? Or are they just a bunch of milquetoast losers? And for once, it will serve to our benefit because they'll fold like cheap suits. I hope so. We'll find out tomorrow. Let me know. Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com if you have any questions. Till then, God bless you all. And thank you for listening.